Welcome to the podcast of New Creation Christian Center. I am Pastor Marquise Franklin, and I am excited that you would take the time to listen to our latest sermons and what God is doing in this ministry. New Creation Christian Center is in Seattle, led by Pastor Harold and Annis Franklin. And our statement is, come as you are and be transformed by the word of God, as stated in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to be encouraged by the word of God that is going to be shared today. Check it out and share it with somebody that may need it. Now, let's get into this week's message. Like what we're going through, we can listen and hear from God, right? Imagine going through this pandemic without hearing the voice of God. That would be crazy, right? But we need to thank and God and rejoice for the voice that he speaks. And most of the time he speaks through his word. So it's important to stay in his word. Tell your neighbor real quick, stay. Come on, say it like you mean it. Stay in the word. That's how you can continue to walk in Christ. Amen. Well, I'm going to pray and we're going to get started. Heavenly Father, I thank you to God for the opportunity to stand in front of your people, dear God, and share your word. God, I pray to God that your word would open up eyes, dear God, that your word would touch hearts, that your word would continually build and strengthen us so that we can be whole and complete as you have said. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say amen. And I know uh, sometimes I, uh, we ask you guys to say a lot. It's, t- it's tough to talk with masks on, so forgive us if we're asking you to do a lot. Amen. But Heavenly, um, God, God gave me the word today, uh, and it is on stance. Somebody say stance. What is your stance? What is your stance? Now, as we entered an election season, many people begin to take stances. Oh, I stand for this, or I stand for that. Uh, you don't stand for this. Well, I, I cut you off. I mean, it it got really ugly, right? People started. It was a comedian that had uh, some signs in the yard, and he was playing both people, and he would put a sign out, and then the next guy would come out with another sign, and and they kept on. Oh, he put that sign out. Let me go get this sign. I bet he'll move. And then at the end of it, he was like, "Man, I wish we could have just talked," because the guy ended up moving away, right? And our stance has to be more than just a political stance. Can I get an amen? Our stance has, it can't just be on these things, but not on these things. Our stance, we should be as children of God rooted in his word. Amen. And when I'm rooted in his word, then I stand on his word. Amen. Because a root, like if you guys think about a tree, some of the biggest trees that we have here, that root goes deep. Before you even see that tree, that's the only way that tree can stand, right? So I have to be deeply rooted. Oh, I'm feeling the word right now. I have to be deeply rooted in the word of God so that I can stand and make a stance for God. See, the Bible talks about it like this. There was a tree planted by the streams of water that yielded fruit in its season, right? Is this in Psalms or Proverbs? Psalms, I believe. And, and it's important to stay in where you need to be grounded. That tree that was rooted by the streams of water it was being fed. And every time you see streams of water in the Bible, that represents the spirit of God. Right? So not only do we have to be rooted in God, we have to be rooted in his spirit. We say, spirit, come and consume me. Spirit, fill me up so that I can stand. A lot of us, we are like the houses 
that the Bible that Jesus talked about it. There was a house that was built on a the sand and a house that was built on the on the rock, right? And these two houses are like us today. We can either be built on the rock or built on the sand. What is the rock? The rock is when I'm linked into the word of God. When I'm plugged into the word of God, where if God's word says this, I'm not moving. But the sand is, ah, well, we can slide a little bit. God's word says this, let me slip, let me slide, let me, let me move this way, let me move that way. Why? Because their stance is not on the rock. They are not deeply rooted in God just began to show me this, that we have to take a stance for what we believe in. What really matters to you? That kind of shows your stance. I was talking to my oldest kids. I was like, what, what would people say you stand for? Right? Like, this is very important. If we say, all of us, if we say we love God, when people see you, what would they say you stand for? Do they say, oh, he stands for God's word? Man, he don't do anything because he's always following the Bible and he's trying to do what God, you know, he, if that's your testimony, praise God, right? But if it's like, oh, well, he, he usually is, I mean, we could get him to do whatever, man. If you're down, he could do it, we can, right? They, they're trying to find out ways to get people away from the word of God, amen? But we have to take a stance, Many of us know God, but are we taking a stance for God? There's a difference. Somebody say, say, somebody say take a stance. And I'm going to uh, read my theme, my theme scripture for this. I don't, I'm not sure if this is going to be a series or not, but I'm going to read the theme scripture. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 through 14. And if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. And it says this, and I, and I believe this is important even now. We must watch, somebody say watch. Stand fast in the faith, be brave and be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Now, I, as I look at this scripture, it tells us to watch, be aware of what's going on. But even as we watch, we must take a stand for the faith. Right? And then uh, Paul, who wrote this book, he said, be brave and be strong. Now, why would he put that there? Because there's going to be some times where it's not going to be easy to take a stand. Right? Have... Have you ever been in a situation where it was not easy to stand for God? Right? Somebody came to you with something and you were like, ah, man, I'm going to look. Uh, you know, you start scratching a little bit. Ah, man, well, I got to figure out who I'm. The, the, the real thing comes down to who are you going to please, God or man? I remember even, even as a young kid, there was, there's this, this word called peer pressure. Everybody say peer pressure. If you ever face peer pressure, raise your hand. Right? Now, check it out. I'm running into a basketball game. I remember uh, Rick Dupree was taking me to a game. I, I, you guys, guys might have been out of town or something. So I'm running into this game, and there's a whole bunch of uh, youth a little bit older than me telling me to eat this weed before I went to the game. 
And I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. I don't do that kind of stuff. And I just kept running, right? Now, imagine if they start circling around and not letting you get through. Because sometimes that's what happens. They try to trap you. The devil wants to trap you. But guess what? There is always a way out of temptation. Did you guys know that? Every time, the Bible says this, every time temptation comes, he presents a way out. So when you feel you're tempted, maybe something's going on on your phone or your tablet or even you're in a situation, guess what? Say, God, help me find my way out of this. I've heard so many different stories where God opens the door. Somebody call if you're in a situation, somebody busts the door down. Whatever God needs to do, he can do it. But we have to trust that God is able. Amen. So he said, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. And then not only be, ba- be brave and strong, let all that you do be done with love. Amen. See, here's a, here's a problem. Sometimes people take a stand for some things and they don't do it with love. Okay. See, when you stand for something, but you hate everybody else that doesn't stand for what you stand for, that becomes a problem. Because now it is, you are, you are making war, pretty much. It's kind, of, it's kind of like what they call the Cold War. There was a Cold War, and there still might be, between Russia and the United States for many years. They had this missile pointed there, and they had their missiles pointed there, and they're like, just try me, right? And what happens is we take our stand for so many things And it begins to mess our hearts, mess with our hearts. It begins to make us envious or angry at somebody that doesn't take a stand for what we stand for. And see, this is bigger than presidents. It's bigger than politics, right? It's a deep-rooted issue that comes and stems from sin, amen? Now, we can, see, here's the thing. We can believe different things, but I can still love you. Right. If you believe that I was born in 1984 and I, I believe and I know I was born in 1983, I'm not going to hate on you. Believe what you want to believe. Right. But the truth is I was born in 1983. Right. But if you don't believe that, I'm not, I, there's nothing that I need to do to prove that. Now, I know that's a silly kind of example, but sometimes it's things like that that get us. I'm not going to talk to that person again because he said this or he said that. It's dividing families. But the Bible did say in the last days, families will be divided. Right? Jesus will. He didn't just come to bring peace. Now, we all we all are for peace. But it says he came to bring a sword. And that sword is dividing people. How many people do we know that are divided because they won't believe in Jesus Christ? And it's tough, but guess what? We still love them. See, God never said, Jesus never said, if they don't believe what you believe, hate on them. Right? He never said, don't, he never, Jesus was moved with compassion. And guess what? If somebody doesn't believe what the word of God says, we have a weapon that's called prayer. And we say, God, begin to reveal to them your word. Reveal to them who you are, right? It goes beyond just yourself. Amen? Now, I don't typically do this, 
But my wife, she preached a uh, sermon last week, and she actually used this same passage. And while she was preaching, I was like, actually, that week, that same week, God had been sharing something with me on it. And I was like, ah, what should I? What's, and God was like, just go, go there. So we're going to go back to 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going to talk about Elijah on Mark, Mount Carmel and the victory that he had. Amen. So 1 Kings chapter 18, and we're going to start at verse 20. And uh, this is going to be my feature scripture. We're going to get into this, and then after that, we will uh, be done for the day. Amen. So go ahead and turn to it. Once you got it, say amen. Amen. It says, so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Now, some of the things that I really want us to catch in here is not only the, the stance that Elijah did, took, but how he took it. He followed protocol, okay? There was a way that God told the prophets to do things. And as we go through this story, you're going to see that Elijah didn't just make something up and just do it. He followed the orders that he was given by God, okay? So when we're taking a stance, we don't just make up our own things, right? We don't just make up, oh, well, I feel like I should do this, or I feel like I should do this. No, 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 no. What does God's word say? What is the instruction that you have? And maybe you don't have all, you don't understand every single thing, but what are the things you understand that God's word says, huh? That's what we have to look at, okay? So it says, then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Sometimes when you take a stand, it's going to feel like you're the only one. But guess what? God has a remnant. What, what Elijah saw wasn't really the reality. But. When you are in a situation, in a circumstance, sometimes that's all you see. How many, of, how many of us have prayed and been like, God, I feel like I'm the only one. I'm the only one praying. I'm the only one. Guess what? God has plenty more. Maybe somebody is praying for you and you don't even know it, but say, God, just like Elisha said, God, open our eyes so we can see what you are doing. In 2020, that should be our prayer more than anything. God, let us see what you are doing. We see the pandemic. We see all this uh, just racist things going on. We see all this fighting about who should be the next president. We see all of that, God, but help us see what you are or you want us to see. Because that could be a smoke screen, right? That's just a lot of smoke going on. And we're trying to see, God, how can I see you? And God's saying, trust me. Through it all, he has a plan. Amen? We're just halfway through this sermon. But our prayer is that God is already speaking a dynamic word to you personally. But don't keep it to yourself. We need you to testify. We want to hear what God is doing. 
give us a call or text us at 425-686-8197 to let us know what God is doing. If you're on Facebook, contact us at facebook.com slash newcreationcc or on Twitter at newcreationwa. Now, let's tune in for the second half of this sermon. Then it says, Then Elijah said to the people, I am alone, left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Guess what? You are not alone. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it, and I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. See, see, look, even the way he says this stuff, he never called Baal his God. He never calls Baal a God. He says, of your God. Guess what? We live in a world right now where pe- people got so many gods, right? The things people stand for are gods, Right? Do we know? Do we understand that the things you 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 pretty much dedicate your life to is a God in your life? Now you might not walk in your house, or we might not walk in somebody's house, and they have a statue of that God. But if everything that consumes them deals with that, that's a God. Right? But Elijah never calls him a God says, then call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. Now, how many of you guys know this? If, if we don't read like some of the numbers in Leviticus, we wouldn't know that this wasn't the first time God sent down fire. How many knew that? How many knew that God did this before? See, sometimes we don't catch that. We think Elijah is just... Man, he's, he's declaring some bold things. But God did this in the Bible before. So once again, Elijah is following orders. He's following protocol. Amen. So it says, now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal. I already read that. What verse am I on now? Uh, 26. So they took the bull which was given them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until evening. Somebody say morning until evening. They were going in, saying, O Baal, hear us, but there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. So guess what? They're, they're trying different things. It's not working. It's not working. So they're trying other ways. Right? It's not working. I, I some of us might be like this. I done tried prayer, God, but it didn't work. So I was looking for another way. God, I tried reading your word. I couldn't understand it. It's not making sense to me. So I read this other book. And it was pretty enlightening. Right? You see what happens is when we don't follow what God says, we begin to create our own things. We make our own order. And God is a God of order. Amen? He's not a God of disorder or that order. (laughs) He's a God of order. Amen. And it says, and so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them saying, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey or perhaps he is sleeping. 
and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves. It wasn't enough to jump on the altar. Now they're cutting themselves. And it says they cut themselves, which was their custom. Guess what? It's another order now. With knives and lances until blood gushed out on them. And when midday was passed, it says some of them passed out. <laughs> it they might have passed out, right? But they prophesied until the time of offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered and no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And actually, I'm going to go back. It said they, they prophesied. Guess what? Everybody that prophesies is not from God. We have to be careful when somebody claims to be a prophet that the words that they are saying matches what God's word says. And not some like long or far twist. You know, because you, usually people when they prophesy, they might have a scripture, but we got to make sure that's what it means. Right? So you have to buy, as the Bible says, try the spirit by the Spirit. That means I got to be in the Word of God, and then as I'm in the Word of God, when the Spirit of God speaks, we recognize it. The Bible says his sheep know his voice. But if you feel like, man, something's not right, and I don't know how to explain it to you. Sometimes it's just something in your heart like, I'm not feeling that. <laughs> that's not, that's not, don't, don't follow it then. Follow what God's Word says. Amen. So it says, then Elijah said to the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. So guess what? He didn't make another altar. We're talking about order. He went back to the same altar that was already there and he repaired it. Somebody say repair. See here, here's the thing. If you want to make a stance for God, there's some things in your life that needs to be repaired. They've been broken down from life and you trying to keep on standing. But God is saying, let me repair it. Let me repair the altar so that I can have communion with you. Let me repair it so we can have communion so I can light your life on fire. And fire is another symbol of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it says. He repaired the altar, and then verse 31, and Elijah took 12 stones. Now, why did he take 12 stones? Was that all the stones that were there? No, that was the orders God gave him. And what's these 12 stones represent? According to the number of tribes of the son of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. So then he not only is rebuilding the altar that was supposed to be the one they were using, he also got the correct amount of stones. See, many times we just look at this story and be like, wow, that was crazy. But Elijah followed the rules that God set up. We just got to follow his word. It says, then the stones he built an then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seers of seed. And he put the wood in order. Somebody say order. Cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And then he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar and he filled the trench with water. Verse 
And it came to pass, somebody say pass, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. So it wasn't just some random time. He didn't just do this at 6 o'clock because it felt good to do it at 6. He waited, let's just say it was 7. He waited until 7. He waited for the correct time that God initiated these offerings to be done, right? This is what Elijah did. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Man, that's a word right there. See, we cannot just do things for the sake of doing things. We have to do things according to his word. His word has to be the very foundation of our life. His word has to be the light unto our path, right? His word has to be our faith shield, right? His word has to be rooted and grounded in us so that we be all that he's called us to be. So Elijah says, I have done all these things at your word. Somebody say, at your word. Then he says, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God. And that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And I'm going to stop right here, and I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to finish it in just a second. But see, when you make a stance for God, when you do things according to his word, and God shows up, people have no choice but to say, that's God. Wow, God is with him. He serves the true and living God. But see, so many times we are trying to con conjure up all these other ways to do things to honor God. And God's like, no, nah, I'm not in that. I'm not with that. I, it, did you see what my word said? Okay, walk in that word. Walk in obedience. The Bible is still clear that obedience is better than sacrifice. Elijah was obedient when he created a sacrifice. Right? And God moved. Amen? So when we walk and we take a stance for God, standing on his word, walking in what his word tells us to walk in, people will know that God is with us. And he serves a true and a living God. And then it says this. Now this next part is not very popular. But it says, and Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and executed them there. Right now, it ends there, but guess what? There's some things in our lives that if we're not careful, different roots are springing up. If we're not careful, different plants are growing. Different ideas, different thoughts, things that are not like God. And the Bible tells us that any thought that is not like God's thoughts, we must get rid of. 
We must cast down all arguments and thoughts, right, that are not in alignment with God's word. We still have to execute things in our own life. Now, we don't go out and say, hey, he don't believe in God. Let me execute him. That's not what we do. Because that's not helping somebody get to know God. But in this passage, as much as Elijah followed protocol, he also followed protocol there. Because these prophets were lying and leading people away, right? But God, he wants us to be linked into his word. We must stand on the things of God. We must be so consumed with his word that when other things in life come, it, it's not even a concern of ours. I'm not... I'm not caught up in all the things that everybody else is caught up in because I'm caught up in God. I'm spending time with God. I'm trying to find out, God, what, what do you want me to do today? How can I please you today, Lord? Right? That's what we have to do when we make a stance for the right thing. Amen? Somebody tell your neighbor, stand for God. Heavenly Father, I thank you to God for the opportunity to share your word. God, I pray to God that today we make a stance. God, that we renounce any ways that are not like you. Dear God, that we be obedient to your word. Dear God, forgive us for being disobedient at times. But God, help us to walk in what you've called us to walk in. So that we can please you. So that we can honor you with our lives, God. We thank you to God for this opportunity to hear what you had to say tonight. And God, we pray that God that these seeds be planted on good soil and produce good fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If that was it. We thank you for listening to today's sermon. And we pray that you are impacted to become the new creation that God desires. We at New Creation Christian Center invite you to come join us for service Saturday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 11 a.m. located at 5150 South Cloverdale Street, Seattle, Washington. Also, feel free to visit us online at newcreationwa.org. New Creation Christian Center, the path to genuine life, where you can come as you are and be transformed by the Word of God.